Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian. I am joined this evening by the one, the only Frank in Austin. Frank, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Brian. Uh, gotta say, we're at that time of the season where everything slows down, and it feels as though you're kind of, I don't know, like it's it's an in and out of situations kind of deal. You know, like work it, happens. And then you got to pick up the kid and then, you know, the wife comes home early. Like it's everybody's got different vacation times and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's just kind of an awkward time of the year. It's a great time of the year. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But December in most countries, we don't pretend as though we're not all doing nothing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we just take the month off. So <laughs> I'd like to protest here actively live tonight and say that in America, Y'all should chill. And in December, we should probably just all agree that after like the fifth, we'll just take it off. We just <laughs> nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. I agree. Uh it's it's always funny. Like so I'm I know you work with people who work in other countries as well. Yeah. Of like just the general resign, they're like ah. These motherfuckers aren't going to respond to shit after no, like, the first week of, of December. And honestly, when they come back in January, they are they've there's a vigor. There's something there's something that is fired up inside of them. Mm-hmm. So like, let's just let's just get through the malaise, and then we'll fucking come back strong in January. Yeah, but then we all in America were like, oh yeah. I mean, if you don't have anything to do, take some training. Shit. I guess training's the World Cup. Yeah, well, um, hey, right now that's all that matters. You know, it's 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 just it's very interesting how all the shit it like it becomes artificial pretend to work time. Yeah, uh, December in the rest of the world. I'm going to tell you right now, America. Um, by the time the sixth, the fifth through the tenth, depending on the year, that uh, hits. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world's out. Yeah, like they're 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 totally chilled. They're gonna take their three week vacation. It's the big vacation time for the southern hemisphere by far. It's their spring break. Um, northern hemisphere, in a lot of folks, uh, you know, countries, it, it, it at least is a two week, if not three week, vacation. So you you're dealing with like America, who pretends as though the only time that they take off as, you know, Christmas Eve through New Year's. No, fuck that. Uh, we we start half day in it right about now. And then, you know, you start full day in it, maybe the third, fourth. Uh, it's it's It becomes a very, like, lackadaisical work environment. And we don't want to talk about it, apparently. We just all sit around. We're like, oh, yeah, it's totally cool. You know, we all get these unspoken for days off when, in fact, they should just be guaranteed days off because nothing fucking happens. Productivity drops to the fucking floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
um, you know, it's just this country's funny as hell when it comes to that shit. It's it's such horseshit. Now, if you're in the medical field, I understand it does not apply with you. That's pretty much it. People are fucked up 100% of the time, so you got to stay with it. I was going to say, uh, frontline team members as well, like people got to fucking buy no. groceries all the time stock shelves all the time whatever it is yeah but in the in an office setting no one's there to fucking approve things so why even bother putting shit on people's desks like because they're not there they're just not there they're it's i agree like let's just take a uh like a 10 day sabbatical let's just 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 ride off the last of the year we don't have enough guaranteed vacation in this country and i think if we had Two weeks, you'd see a majority of folks take it, like, right now. Oh, yeah. Because they pretend to work right now. You know, I, I, I don't know, Brian. Like, you log on to your work computer. You see your, you know, status of Slack and Teams, whatever you might be using. Mm-hmm. I mean, after about 10, 30, 11 a.m., Super, it turns very orange. The, su- <laughs> the superficial engagement is what, what yeah, I like to call yeah. it. You know, like the, it's, all, it's all pretend. It's all happy pretend. birthday, the Michelle. Runs, yeah. The bills get paid. It's not a problem. It's just pretend work. It's pretend work. Now, at the moment, I, I'm not pretending to work. I actually have training to take. Trying to get that AWS practitioner license. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, but like outside of that, you know, like at this point, my customers have time off. You know, like I'm not trying to, you know, I don't know, like pretend work and my customers aren't working. You know, like it's you know, wild. Just fucking give me the time. Well, are you drinking a beer this evening uh, while you while you uh, contemplate rewriting America's yeah. work schedule? So I've got the Pine House Magic Pills, okay, which is phenomenal. Um, clocks in at a whopping five point three percent. What I'll say about this pills, it's got a fruitiness to it that I'm not sure that most pilsners have. Okay. Uh, I'll leave it at that. It's it's got like an effervescent fruitiness, is and I'm it, not sure why. Is it so? It's not sweet fruitiness. No, it's like no, aromatic no. It's, and, it's aromatic for sure. I would bet that they're using American hops, where uh, maybe traditional pills going to be using uh, European continental hops. Well, do your research, Brian. I don't know. I do my own research, Frank. I don't know about you, buddy. <laughs> Take a look. See if you can find out. Right. I'm sure it is. What's it called? It's, magic Pills? Yeah, Magic Pills by Pine House. And honestly, um, I don't think you're going to find a better value brewery than Pine House. Yeah. We went there last night. I bought these. Yep. They use uh, Laurel uh, Laurel Hops. Laurel is okay. uh, an American hybrid. I love Laurel. They're really, really. It's tasty. so good, dude. This this pills is fantastic. Um, what I'll say is, so Pinehouse Brewery, been there a couple times. Don't order the sandwiches. Order the the if you go to the brewery itself, which is on uh, East Ben White and Two Ninety. If you go there, Ben White, my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. 
um, if you if you if you go there, uh, definitely stick with pizza and the appetizers. The salads are good. Sandwiches are fine. Don't go there. Uh, the pizza at that location better than all the other pine houses. But the beers, Brian, electric jellyfish pint, five fifty. Hell yeah. Okay. Magic pills, four fifty. Uh, you're you're dealing with like really really reasonable brewery price pints. Yeah. Where I've found that that has become less common. Right, like I've, I've I've found that you can almost go to your local HEB and pay the same. Yep, yeah, and that's that's true. Uh, when brewers in Texas gain the right to self distribute, that was a big concern. Was like, okay, well, why would I sell beer out of my tap room? That's the same product that HEB can sell across the street. Like, why would I charge? You know what? You know, it, why, why would people even go to HEB if they can come to the tap room and pick it up for less? So that's why you, that's when you saw some more intense pricing, especially when it came to package product being sold out of a tap room, like uh, pints, you know, pints poured off draft. They're always going to be a little cheaper where, you know, where they're made, um, because there's no, you don't have to, you don't have to cover cost of transportation. You don't have to cover taxes. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. right there. Um, but like package product in particular, that's when you saw like really, in my opinion, that's when you saw the jump to like $12 a four pack that became mm-hmm. $16 a four pack that quickly became $20 a four pack. Um, and can't say that I like it, but I do like when breweries kind of like their, their draft beer, especially they're like, fuck it, come here and drink. Like, that's what, like, we want you to have the best drinking experience because this product is the freshest here. You're gonna love it. You're gonna fall in love with it here, and you'll either take some home with you now, or you'll see it in the store next weekend, and you'll pick up more of it. Like that's that's like old school craft beer, hundred percent. And I think the fact that they like serve good food mm-hmm. makes it you know entirely approachable. Um, they operate it like a restaurant, yeah, on premise versus the beer is the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And I think Pine House probably is very different in that they have the mentality from the start. Yeah. Right. So they've made the pizza thing their thing. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it was Pine House pizza before it was like anything right. else. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they made the pizza thing their thing. And then they decided, okay, yeah, cool. We'll add the beer. We'll add, you know, the appetizers and the salads and all that shit. And now we're, pint house brewery and we've got fantastic food you're gonna come here you're gonna pay about four to five bucks a beer maybe seven if it's a like a double barrel age thing mm-hmm. and great whatever you know like we it's 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 such a like sublime experience comparative to you know i guess i'll call them out but live oak which has no food yeah um Massive brewery, uh, facilities for days, but zero ability to, you know, have a drink. And I don't know, they don't even have TVs. So it's like, okay, I can't go there for a soccer game. I can't go there for, you know, a Dallas Cowboys game, whatever. Um, It's just breweries need to start like envisioning themselves as destinations for something beyond beer. Beyond beer. 
fear. It's so important. And and St. Elmo, for how small they are, nailed it very early on. Mm-hmm. Like they have a cool it. ass outdoor outdoor patio area, and it's also in a bumping ass part of town. Like, yeah, and 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 the indoor has a projector mm-hmm. for you know the World Cup finals will be there Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. Thank you. Uh, Saturday, they'll have the third place game. They will have the Cowboys game Sunday. Like, you know, like St. Elmo knows, and it'll be inside for sure, but they, they know that that drives traffic. And then outside of that, you know, like they've got the food outside. They, they know what they're doing. There. I'm just going to call this out. You know who else would have done a great job with that? I just, I know they probably even had a projector. Skull mechanics. God oh my it. God, Brian. Okay. Can we get, can we get a, I don't get have a, like I don't have taps or something. On. No, no, no. We don't need taps. We need a. Uh, burr, burr, burr. I was oh, going to do a, that, but oh, I got you. Yeah. I do it Dude, soft. I do it soft. We should. We should need. Yeah, we should have taps for that. I mean, Skull Mechanics, R.I.P. Probably the greatest brewery that never got light. Um, I, they I mean, uh, they Japanese loggers. Had, Vienna lager was fantastic. They had oh, Czech my dark loggers. They oh had my fucking God. English milds on draft. Right. So I'm so good. happy we got to share that experience that because so I good. went there and I go, this is a Brian spot. Oh, that place is so good. And it was like, it, honestly, it's not too far from fucking where no. St. Elmo's is now. You could walk. You could walk. You could walk. God damn. There was a uh, Tesla. Yeah, RIP Skull Mechanics. Tesla's I mean, as far as the eye can see. It was just a fucking Austin mainstay and then it just disappeared because there was like that like that like uh uh, outdoor outfitters or whatever the hell right across the parking lot Mm -hmm. from it i've never that was honestly first place that i saw more than four teslas in the same parking lot oh yeah no shit there was like eight (laughs) it was i was like this is silly oh my god there's more oh my god is this a fucking dealership oh my god what's (laughs) happening there's so many fucking cars i mean i mean skull mechanics as soon as I went there, I was like, it, uh, well, first off, the perfect nobody left behind spot. Mm-hmm. But also, it's the, the, the selection at Skull Mechanics was stupid. I mean, you dealt with, like Brian said, Czech Dark Lager, Vienna Lager. Um, you had Mearson. You had Japanese Rice Lagers. Um, you had uh, like Italian Pilsner style beers, and yep. it, it just became this. Oh, oh, they they were one of the only places in town that made a fucking English pub ale mm-hmm. and made it well, made it yeah. fucking well. They also had an Australian sparkling ale, which is fucking dope. So I just could not believe that this brewery like existed in our town, and. I only had the privilege to go there about May four or five times. Brian went there once. twice, once, once. Yeah, you um, brought me a you brought me a crowler of it of something from there at a separate I just, time. But yeah, it, it was when that place closed. It was like a a declaration to me that not not I'd say my old Austin was gone. Um, you know, I'm not going to say old Austin was gone because a lot of people really appreciate like Matzo Rancho, which uh, is fine. You know what I heard? I heard that they're re 
they're like shifting I thirty five south uh, in south of, or south of downtown Austin. They're trying to. Yeah. Did you do you know what major landmark is uh, under the thumb of I thirty five's footprint? Don't tell me it's Saint Elmo. No, it's not Saint Elmo. It's the Whip In. And the liquor store that's that's right. That's next right. To it. That's right. I should have known that. It's true. Some of the best it's Indian true. food in Texas, like the longest and, running and, Indian food, and some of the longest running cellar beers. Yeah. Uh, this this establishment has been very very intent on preserving a back corner of their establishment for cellaring beers for over two decades um they've got some bourbon barrel stout that you can get from 2017 they'll put it out this year you know they always run within like the the recommended um aging limits but if you want to go get yourself a a tasting flight um you know like what brian and i did with the bourbon barrel county right from goose island uh you can do that at whipping yeah tonight you can literally go pay money to do that flight tonight. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're very, very good at, you know, establishing niches in the beer industry. And I don't know, they're going to be missed if, if they don't re relocate, uh, you know, relocate, they're going to be missed. Cause that, that was a absolute treasure for the beer scene down here. Well, it's also the Genesis for places like up here in Dallas, uh, people know like Lone Star Taps and Cat or Lone Star Beverage, um, which they oh, expanded. Yeah. Uh, that they're influenced by the people with the Whippin, uh, the Whippin and Flower Mound. Obviously, we wouldn't have that. And those are two like craft beer, fucking meccas Havens, yeah. for the people living up north in the suburbs of North Texas. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's sad. I hope that doesn't come to. Uh, I hope I hope they figure out some way to. Um, to preserve that. And there's a bunch of other like major, like Austinite, uh, fucking standards that are under, under the proposed footprint of I 35. So hopefully they figure yeah, out and, and, some of those places. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, I want to talk about something that, uh, I'm, I'm sure. drinking a bit of uh, North Texas beer history. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't know that it's actually true, but I'm going to, I'm going to speak it into existence. So the first regularly produced IPA here in DFW, uh, I give credit to RAR brewing, uh, RAR and Sons brewing, uh, as having storm cloud back in the day. I think it's, it's dated back to like 2009, 2008, something like that. That was the first IPA. No way. In, in DFW. Oh, okay, and I say okay. that with pretty good confidence because Rar and Sons was one of the first like major production breweries to stay open for more than like a year. Um, so definitely the the first IPA made by a brewer who's still in fucking in business. Um, Stormcloud, it's an English style IPA. They Stormcloud dis- makes great beer. Well, no, that you're see that's that's the that's the name of the brewery in Oklahoma. That's the problem there. Stormcloud is the name of the IPA that Rar and Sons oh, produced. Oh shit, I'm an idiot. Okay, no, it's okay. Uh, which is <laughs> one of the reasons that this is going to be a tough sell to bring back. So yeah, they discontinued okay. it. They discontinued I mean, it a while. 
Stormcloud Brewing makes great beer. They they do. This is not one that they make. Um, this is just a beer called Stormcloud. So Rar and Sons discontinued a few years ago um, because English style IPAs were tough. Um, people wanted hazy and they wanted sweet. They didn't like. They didn't want bitter. This motherfucker kicks. This is really really good. And I like the can artwork. It's just ridiculously it's not like, a intricate. Is what it is. Um, well, it's also seven percent for an English IPA. That's whoa. They Texas Texaned it up. It's also very, very bitter, uh, which is not, I mean, it's, it's, it's standard. It's a, it's a, it's an, a fucking, a mess of a style, but it is a very, very good beer. Anyway, I drank one of those as we were talking earlier. Uh, so I'm done with that. I've, I've moved on, um, to, uh, a, a, a collaboration beer that I don't think I've talked about on this podcast. Uh, it is a collaboration between Boulevard and Firestone Walker. They're, oh god damn it. They're sister companies now that they're owned by uh uh Duvel Mortgart. But this is they're their, owned, uh, uh, by the way, can we just discuss they're owned by like the best for what they're doing? Oh, Duvel? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking amazing. You, you want any style like Belgian uh Belgian strong gold? No, but I mean the, the collabs that they could do oh, amongst yeah. that portfolio, just like Oh, they have Omegang, Omegang Boulevard and Firestone Walker. Ever heard of them? Yes. No, and, and Duvel. Oh, and yeah, and Duvel. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I, I am looking I don't mean to interrupt, but I am looking forward to what in the fuck they are going to do, because it is going to be special. Like, as soon as some like master salesperson slash blender slash whatever the fuck you want to call it appears um, within that organization, they they can just do the most iconic shit in beer in America. Oh, they, well, they kind of already are, uh, and that's what's awesome. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I don't know what happened to my video. OBS tried to. Turn I don't know. You, you switched between like I seven did. or eight different. I got to uh, be honest. Uh, mantras. I didn't touch any, I didn't touch anything, and uh, and OBS decided to start opening up. It's not even an, an open application. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Um, oh, you were gonna go live on Twitch to announce yeah. the new. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm drinking Boulevard and Firestone Walker's collaboration. It is a barrel aged wheat wine ale, which I don't know if you've ever had a wheat wine, Frank, but. They no, are what is that? sublime. It's a majority uh, malted wheat, um, and okay. just like a big boozy bomb. Have you ever had a barley wine? Oh yeah, same sure. same. It's same uh, just okay. it, it's it's okay. like the difference between like a rye whiskey or rye bourbon, or, yeah, rye whiskey and and, and, and uh, bourbon. something bourbon. Yeah. It's yeah. just one's got a higher wheat malt or malted wheat content. This bad boy is nine point nine percent alcohol. Um, it is. Fucking phenomenal! I love this beer. Uh, it was a four pack, uh, four pack bottle, which I also like because then I get to you know spread my drinks out a little yeah. bit. I even shared one of these with uh, my neighbor Shannon uh, not too long ago. I was like, "Have you ever had a wheat wine?" He goes, "I've never even heard of it." I was like, "Oh, congratulations! You're about to get drunk. Great. Uh, let me know what you think of it whenever you drink it." <laughs> so I'm gonna be honest. I had uh, one of the Bourbon County Stouts tonight. Mm-hmm. Definitely hitting me at the moment. Um, Good. I have one of those in the fridge as well. Yeah, um, it's it's this year is fourteen point six percent. Classy. Uh, yeah, bit bit frightening to be honest. Um, How easy you, it went down. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you, you kind of sip on it and then it's gone, and then you go, "Oh, I got like two magical pills in the fridge," and then you're one and a half one into those. Um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mystery tour at the moment, Brian. I, I guess we'll uh, we'll see where we go tonight. Um, speaking of e- like easy to drink, so I drank. I went and bought some. Um, uh, Christmas beers. We're like, just call them Christmas beers. Really. They were just a bunch of stouts. Um, and one of them that I picked up, I picked up the old, uh, Prairie Christmas bomb. Uh, oh God, give it a so shot. Good. It is this year. A lot of peppers, a lot of peppers, my guy. Uh, but, but tasty. Uh, Why I also do, they do that. I, it's their bomb. It's what they do. It's yeah. And honestly kind of cool, uh, because it does balance out the massive, like, yeah, sugary. But, then, but then what they do is they do the, dissected bomb oh uh, like, they don't okay, do they so, did that one time i don't think they've done that again thankfully okay. was a because okay because when they do the dissected thing it's like well who wants to have a pepper stout yeah the the deconstructed bomb yeah that fucking yeah. i think that i'm pretty sure that failed miserably for them it was a terrible idea um so no i i had a christmas bomb yay wonderful then i had a beer it was i'm looking for it right now and i can't fucking find it in my shit uh but it was uh, it's like this is the way stout. I think is what it is. Is a Mandalorian reference. Um, which I don't know. Are you a Mandalorian fan? Are you a Star Wars fan, Frank? Yeah, I've seen the Mandalorian. I do enjoy Star Wars. This uh, is the way I understand. Okay. All right. So, good, 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 good. Um, <laughs> where the fuck? Oh, this is all. Jesus Christ, Brian! What are you doing? What What are you even doing? Okay. Yeah, JCF. Apparently. I didn't, uh, JFC, JFC, big, wait, what? Um, yeah, this is the way there it is. Um, it was a 13.6% stout. Uh, it is fucking chocolate, coffee, marshmallow, bunch of other shit. It is fucking amazing. Barrel aged Imperial stout with dark chocolate, cream filled cookies, uh, toasted coconut, Toasted marshmallow and toasted almonds. Frank, when I tell you it was it was like a, a fucking ice cream sundae in a glass. Sounds like it was. And it was amazing. Amazing. Finished it way too quick. Looked up, looking for another one. Unfortunately, I only bought one because they're like fucking twelve dollars a bottle. Um but you know what? A dollar an ounce. Well worth it. Well fucking Wait, worth so it. So this is the prairie version. Yes. What's the name of it? This is the way. This is the way. Okay, I'll look for it. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds awesome. It sounds like my wife would love it. It re- dude, it reminded me of the Prince of Wales. Okay, um, that like I gotta get it. I gotta get it. That wonderful balance it. of like booze and oh like God, booze burn and sweetness. Stout that I'm longing after. Try if you find it, give it a shot. Don't say that it's like an exact okay. one for one. But I, what I'm telling you is, it gives, no, but I, I know what you're saying. It's like, it might not be the same, but it's as close as you can get. Yeah, and right, it is. Right. Nah, it was really good. All right. Brian, give me just a minute. Sure. Um, All right. So, Frank, I see you are rocking your uh, Barcelona Barcelona alternate jersey right now in the thick of soccer. I'm guessing oh, yeah. fully, fully, uh, I was going to say erect, and I d- that's not the word I'm looking for, fully in support of Messi and Argentina. Is that, am I guessing correctly? <laughs> you are. I mean, I, I think... It's it's not just nostalgia, right? Like 
I think a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, you just want, you know, this dude to realize, you know, the pinnacle and what. Yeah, sure. That's part of it. But it's fair. It's fair. This is the greatest soccer player we have ever seen who needs to be able to touch that trophy because it's only fair. If you saw him in the semifinals, if you saw him in the quarterfinals, I know the Argentinian team isn't the most likable. The French aren't either. No, the French fucking suck. Um, it's fair for the greatest we've ever seen to touch it. It just is. And that's what I'm cheering for. I don't need a reason other than, you know, everybody knows I'm a Barcelona fan. I have been my whole life. That's not a reason. This is the World Cup. I support Spain. I would rather have Spain be in the finals. But... If Messi can touch it, Messi deserves it, and I will support Messi to do it. I mean, here's the and deal. Robert Lewandowski. As, as, unless, unless you're a French national, you should not want France to win. In my opinion, fucking Lionel Messi is in his fifth World Cup. He deserves to touch that trophy. Fuck off if you feel different. If you hate Messi, you're an idiot. I'm out. I'm out. Like it's there. There's no reason to hate a person who never dives, who never complains to the ref, who literally plays the game the right way. I was going to fuck say, off if you feel like that's a problem. Who who can pick a team up on his shoulders and fucking carry him? And that's not saying what. That's not that's not the typical like when you think of a European soccer or European style soccer player, uh, like Ronaldo, like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like people are like, oh, he can change a game. Well, he. He could, but he doesn't usually. Whereas Messi can change the game, and he does because he also understands that it's not a, it's not the Messi show. If Messi can put a pass through that gets one of his player and one of his you know teammates on on the end of a scoring run, he does it, and he does it better than anybody else in the world uh, has so, ever done, has ever done it. So I mean, I mean, I, I think I think the th- the I think his career defining pass, and I'm not even kidding, Brian. I'm an individual who has watched this man for 15 years of my life. Okay, the pass that he put through in the game against the the Netherlands, where he couldn't even see the runner, and I said. That might be the greatest pass I've ever seen Messi do. His runner was behind his ass. Okay. And he passed that ball underneath his right foot mm-hmm. to get to the person he was trying to get to. I'm sorry. Like, go watch it. Go watch it. Tell me that's not the greatest pass you've ever seen in, in soccer. Don't watch it from the front. Watch it from the top. And so- then tell me that anybody in their right mind would ever think that Messi wasn't the greatest ever. I'm sorry. I'm out of it. Like, I'm just fuck off. Don't please don't tell me to fuck off. Um, no, no, I don't don't disagree with you. Uh, you're absolutely right. I, I want like, like basically the way I, I watch world cup match or world cup tournaments is like, if my team's out, like go for the best story, this is the, by far the best story. Like, 
as the U.S. was eliminated, like the next best would be like, let's see if fucking Japan can go to the finals. (laughs) Like that would be sick. Or like today, uh, while we were watching the game, like it would be pretty cool if fucking Morocco went. It just like would be sick. I I, I was a hundred percent behind Morocco going. Oh yeah, it would have been awesome. They it's it's fucking France got away with one absolute bullshit goal. Uh, and they got like, away with two ridiculous goals. They're just like trash. If you were playing, if you were playing France in FIFA Online, you would be screaming trash. You'd be screaming scraps. One hundred percent. Screaming. It was some bullshit. And and, 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 and if we're gonna be honest, your boy Giroud, um, he finished what was probably one of the most difficult goals of the year. Um deserves probably won't be the goal of the tournament because no. I think Messi's assist will be the goal of the tournament. Um unless something happens in the final. Yeah. Um I think Giroud finished the most difficult one, but it was uh, it was it was a slop. It was a slop goal. And yeah. and pool you would you would call that slop. Um same thing with you know the Mbappe deflection that went straight oh, to whoever the fuck that dude was. Um, Morocco had France's number. Um, they could have gotten it done, if not for, honestly, not not the French goals. They had some really unfortunate bounces when they went for goal. Yeah. Um, when they had good shots, um, they had a ball literally settle inadvertently right at Jules Koundé's feet on the line. Like, if that ball had bounced a millimeter to the left or the right, that ball was in. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, yeah. What I will say Again, is... This, this this was meant to be a quick hitter soccer situation. I, I'll say this. My, up until... Messi lifts the lifts the cup at the end at the end of uh, ninety minutes on Sunday. Uh, my moment of the World Cup so far has been Robert Lewandowski getting a second chance to hit a penalty as his like last game on the pitch. Like Poland was not going to win their 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 knockout match. They weren't. Uh, they got a like ninety third minute penalty. Yep. And uh, Robert Lewandowski steps up and just. Hits probably one of the worst shots I've ever seen a professional soccer player hit on goal from the from the penalty spot, and luckily, like eight eight of his opponents like crossed the line into the box before the ball was struck. The goalie left his line before the ball was struck. Like all these just opportunities for him to get a second chance at it, he lines back up and just drills one into the back of the net. For his last, like last shot on goal, being a a, a goal, and well, like in a World Cup, in a, Poland, yeah, it was it was awesome to see, and uh, like I said, so far that is that was the the moment of of the cup for me. Um, yeah, man, I th- I think it's it's I also seeing Cristiano Ronaldo cry uh, that that was pretty sweet. I did enjoy that. Um, he and is it's, the antithesis of Lionel Messi in his last game on at, at the world cup stage. It's just, yeah, but Messi, I, I, I think Messi will cry too. Like, yeah, but it's going to be received very different. He's going to be crying for different reasons. It's, it's got to be very different if he does. And either way, um, I, man, like this is, this is the, the, the generation that taught me 
soccer, right? Like I was whatever, like growing up, sure, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. Those are the folks you know. Luis Suarez, and, huge and Luis Suarez fan Frank was. Yeah, but I mean, that was the next. Like I'm talking about Ronaldinho, Zidane, right? Like these are the folks that I knew growing up, but they're they're not as big until you get to like your teens. And when I hit my teens slash late teens college years, it was like, you know, Ronaldinho was still there. Zidane was at his age and you know, like then it was Messi and it was Ronaldo and it was uh, fucking uh, Beckham Beckham, and it was uh, Wayne Rooney and it was all these people. And the person that I latched onto was Messi. And to, if, if, if I see him lift the world cup trophy, it'll be something. I don't know if I'll cry. I think I'll just laugh. Like, I think in my mind it'll just be funny that he finally got there because no one ever gave that man any respect. Like I the arguments that I got into people to you know let him know that we've never seen anything like that man in 2008, 2009, 2010 it just yeah but Messi's not that. Messi is Messi. Like you'll you will talk about Messi more than you will talk about Maradona. Like, well, you'll you'll definitely talk different about Messi than you will about Maradona. Yeah, yeah uh, Messi for sure. Hopefully, Messi's career doesn't end anywhere like Maradona's did in like a. Yeah, it won't. It won't because it was it, never. It was never enveloped in anything other than the love of the game. Honestly. Yeah, and, and all of the controversy that, that he, he ended up taking drug money and shit. So Well, he's also taking it, lots of drugs, which and and drugs, yeah. Um, lots so of drugs. It's it's you know, the small, small human being from the barrios of 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 Buenos Aires ended up needing a a genetic treatment to be able to grow enough to play soccer at any competitive level and barcelona flew him out and his parents and said we'd pay for this treatment if he signed for a club's youth team we would pay you to move here because this is the greatest player we've seen at this age and it worked out i don't think people understand what Lionel Messi is. Lionel Messi is a he is a ephemeral being in soccer. And if you go watch this final on Sunday and you don't want that story to be complete, unless you're French, I don't understand. I don't understand. He's never done anything to deserve hatred. Lionel Messi does not flop. Lionel, Lionel Messi tries to score. If you push him, he has been the ultimate competitor if you've tried to shove him off the ball. He's the only human being on the pitch at any given time who is not going to dive 
And if you think you can define him by the fact that he is a quitter, a diver, etc., you've got something coming. You don't understand who Lionel Messi is. Lionel Messi steps up when you call him out. So good luck. Good luck. I, I like it's the dumbest thing you can do. Tell Messi he can't do it. Tell Messi he can't do it. Look at Louis Van Gaal. Messi, after he stepped off that pitch, after playing the Netherlands, he said, that soccer you played is bullshit. All you could do was cross the ball to tall players. That's all you could do. You said you would stop me. You didn't stop me. You told me <laughs> you would stop me. You didn't stop me. You just crossed the ball to tall players. Yeah, fuck you. Lionel Messi is one of the uh, he is the greatest player we've ever seen. I just well, I I want to know who you talked to earlier today who was talking shit about Messi who you've told fuck you at least four times in this segment. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I no, feel like it's a it's, person. Is somebody somebody has crossed your Messi barrier and uh, it's, you're... it's not it's not anybody. It's just what I what I see in you know the opinions of folks who I don't know. It's not, it's not, you look at, at this point, at this point, he's in his fifth world cup. Unless you're French, you should not cheer for that. They play garbage shot soccer, garbage. The French team plays literally, they park the bus and then they hope Mbappe can go score. That's what they do. And they chase, they chase whatever, like in his wake of fucking destruction down the field. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it, so, uh, so if that's if that's the method that we're gonna, you know, celebrate in world soccer, can we at least appreciate the beauty that was the semifinal that just happened between Argentina and Croatia? I mean, Messi literally dictated that game. Not dictated, dominated that game. One of the most beautiful displays of soccer I've seen, period. And I hope he can do that again on Sunday. Because if he does that on Sunday, France does not stand a chance. And I I, I, I do believe when we discussed, you know, the 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 semifinals, I said Morocco will give them a run. Mm-hmm. Morocco has the ability to shut down Mbappe because they have speed and they don't mind possessing the ball. And they damn well near beat them. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the scoreline was 2 nothing. That should have been 1-1 at the end of regulation, period. Easily. It shouldn't even have been that difficult. But, Okay. It ended up being two, 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 nothing, and that's how soccer works. But go watch that game. Go see. France should have at least gone to extra time, uh, if not lost that game. It was a very, very close game. They scored two bullshit goals. So I don't know. I don't know, Brian. What's your prediction come Sunday? Uh, Argentina two one. Uh, it'll take extra time. Okay. I, I, man, you weren't expecting that, that quick of a response, huh? 
No, that that was my prediction. Oh. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go uh, two two into penalties with Argentina winning. Can we also agree that penalties are like? I don't know. I feel like that's the uh, the knuckle dragger American like uh, hype point of a soccer match. Uh, like yeah, so it's, many it's people, it's the worst like, way to decide it, but there's really no better way to do it. Agreed to both points. They're like, it is the worst part is the worst outcome of a match. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like it, the true, like it turns into a coin toss, like who's going to win. Yeah. Uh, but if that's the case, like if you're the better team, you should have shown that you were the better team in the 120 minutes it took to play this. Agreed. So. I, th- I think, I think, uh, France will have real, real trouble with Alcares because Mbappe does not like playing defense. And Alcares will go straight at him. And I'd like to see how that works because both of them have decent center backs. Um, their wings come up. Like, they play a very similar style. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like to see what happens when Alcares comes up against Mbappe because I think that might decide the match. I, I think like- – I think- I feel like Argentina. And Messi, Messi will do Messi. Like, I feel like Argentina do. does what, uh, like comparatively at least, like uh, similar to Japan in that they play very structured. Uh, oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent structured uh, like alignments. And uh, France plays so loose, especially in the front, like on the attacking side, that like all Argentina has to do is just stay at home and mm-hmm. like play the play the defense in particular that they that they know how to play. And they'll be just fine. Uh, the, the only person they have to stay at home at is Mbappe. The rest of them are slow as fuck. Yeah. They're I think also, the, aren't the they thing pretty- that, that really frustrates me is like, it's as though none of the teams have watched Barcelona play anybody when Dembele is on the field. Uh, because Dembele is the second fastest player on the France, you know, team. Um, and he is so bad at his first touch that you have time. So you don't need to honor him as much as Mbappe. What I would do is I would kind of structure like a slant of a team set up, and if the ball goes to Mbappe, I would sprint back as the right back, right? But if knowing Dembele could be a cross, you know, partner, um, or if the ball goes to Dembele, I would just seed it and make sure I keep up with Mbappe because Dembele's first touch is so bad that you can catch up to it. Yeah, like it's there. There's there's a lot of options you've got on that on that team that you just need to exploit, and I think Argentina is ready for it. Their back line is is good. Um, they got. You know, kind of fucked against Saudi Arabia, but that that's also the first game of the match. How how it happened? Um, I I don't know, man. If 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 France wins this, I'd be very disappointed. It's not that I like. I know Troy was like, you know, I got France at the beginning, and I said, yeah. I mean, they're probably the most complete team, but. Listen, it'd be it'd be disappointing. They're they're they they play trash soccer at the moment. Like it's they play Real Madrid soccer. It's fucking yeah, it's entirely off. well, kind of, but it's entirely like 
I say that as a person scorned by Real Madrid's amazing offense last season in the in the no, Champions but it's, League. It's so susceptible to counterattacking hmm. that it's 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 garbage that no team is taking advantage of it. And England did, and they got fucked in by the ref. Yeah, that is honestly the part that I hate the most. Well, Frank, um, so your your prediction is into penalties, Argentina takes it, right? That's my prediction. That's my downright wish, and 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 honestly, my give me one result would be two one Argentina full time. But uh, I I think it's going to be two two into penalties and. Good Lord, do I hope Argentina takes it. <laughs> All right, who do you have in Croatia, Morocco? Because I feel like that's actually going to be pretty goddamn good. I'm going to take Morocco. I, I am too. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take Morocco uh, in in extra. No, I'm going to take them in penalties, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's going to be Croatia's first penalty loss in their last eight World Cup games. I'm going to say Morocco 1-0. Full time, just straight away. I think Croatia. And, uh, who do you think? Do you think Ziyech scores the goal? No, I, I think no, Ziyech is going to play. play I, a I role. think he gets the assist in the goal, okay. but I don't think he scores. I don't think it's from him, uh, right, unless it's from Z- a set. Do piece. you think? Do you think Ziyech becomes a much more important player in Chelsea? No, I think Ziyech gets sold off in the January transfer window. I swear, honestly, like there are they were. But I hope Barcelona buys him. Uh, they, he's been in talks. I think he he wants to go back to uh syria because he came from juventus or dude that man is too good to be over in the fucking italian shit not and not premier league or la liga he is so fucking good that's what's so it's frustrating is that all the chelsea fans every time he comes on the pitch everybody's like oh my god here comes Ziyech, here comes a fucking snooze fest but like i don't know if you were put into a fucking system that you didn't like, did not suit you and your playing style, but it's it's also not a system. Yeah, like you you would fucking probably suck too, or look like you sucked. But then every time he's on a ball for a set piece, whether it be like a a free, it's kick, amazing. It's ridiculous. Now from open play in the Premier League, in the way that Chelsea play, in the formations that Chelsea plays, it's tough. It is tough it's for not him, his problem. but it's not his, like, that's not his gig. Like that Reese James plays that really, really well and can accurately cross in. Ziesh does not play that way, but it's because that's not, that's not his thing. Like watching, watching him play for Morocco was revitalizing. I was like, Oh shit. He still got it. He's still good. They just, he's not in the right system. So yeah, they don't use them, right? Well, it's unfortunate. I think I he mean, gets. I think he gets traded, which is or you know sold away, which is best for him. I feel like a hundred percent. It's the same way with I, Werner, like selling him off. Best thing for both Chelsea and and Timo Werner. He was not working in the system. He was not happy, and like he fits in Bundesliga really well. His you want to talk about a bad first touch, my guy? Whoa. Timo Werner's got a fucking... He's got cinder blocks on his feet. I don't know what the hell happens when that guy touches the ball, but it is fucking scattershot. His toe yeah. his toe is apparently like a trapezoid or some shit. I don't know. It's got weird angles on it. The ball just bounces everywhere but where it needs to go off his first touch. It's just funny how people don't have the... Like, some folks don't have the ability to, like, pull their foot 
with the ball. I, I don't it's know. So I played weird. rugby, and that's like a one B skill. If you're playing the positions that I play, it's well, like you also uh, like big skill of running at full sprint and being able to kick the fucking ball is a big deal. Yeah, sure, but it's it's collecting the ball in rugby is equally as important as it is in soccer, and like that that ability to judge a ball coming in and then just like pulling your foot as the ball's coming, yeah, to to collect it is is you know it's 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 one and the same and i always found it funny for folks who got you know top grades of like striker in soccer like okay well you know kind of the most important part of being a striker is being able to collect it and then you know shoot, Attack, like, yeah. the shooting part is like kind of you know secondary but that's ah, funny dude yeah I, i'm 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 looking forward to see what transfers happen now that people know? Uh, I think Ziyech is incredibly underrated. Yep. Um, but he's probably the only person I think is worth going after. I think uh, there's a lot of hype around, um, you know, a couple of goalies specifically, uh, Morocco's goalie predominantly and, and Croatia's. Uh, Netherlands as well. Isn't that dude like six it's, foot eight? The Netherlands he, goalkeeper. He, he is, but he he's he's just a goalie, you yeah. know. Like he, he's 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 tall, and he did well in a couple games. Uh, the goalie is the one I'd go after the least. I would probably look to see who has been in a top league, performed well in the World Cup, is cheap. Sign him. Sign him. Um, and Ziyech is one of those players. I, I think Ziyech is incredibly underrated. Um, his crosses on the run have been phenomenal. You give him more um, than more than five feet, he's going to slice your ass up. Oh yes, it's and in, and, and in a free kick, fuck you. Yeah, no, it's gonna he's, he's going to put point. it. He's going to put it wherever he wants, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Well, I don't. I. I mean, I really hope Chelsea has seen what he can do because he is of the Here, players I don't know what's happening again. that I've seen in the Chelsea system uh, that has performed just incredibly well. Um, I don't think there's been anybody in that system in this World Cup that I've been more impressed with, period, to be honest. Well, um, I know we were going to talk about FTX. Um, I think we may have to hit that on on the next episode because I feel like that's not going. That story. No, not we going can, we can we can quickly talk about it. Well, okay, all right. What, Let's hit it quick. Let's what it um, quick. I I am I am dumb as shit when it comes to anything that's happening. I here's here's the extent of what I know of the company FTX. You ready? Sure. They were a sponsor on Gumball Rally, uh, Middle East. Over like yeah. about a month ago, and uh, the 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 YouTube channels that I watch, one of them being Daily Driven Exotics, was in the Gumball Middle East. They were in uh, Qatar or the UAE. Uh, they were in and out of a bunch of different countries over there in uh, Qatar, UAE, and Oman. Okay, and 
FTX was a sponsor on all their vehicles, like whether they wanted to or not, as part of the sign up for a gumball rally. So these like exotic cars are driving through the fucking deserts. Yep. And they get to a gas station and they just briefly address it. And they're like, well, I guess we can take these stickers off right now. And they pulled off these stickers that had the three letters FTX. And then that's it. That's the extent of what I know, Frank. Uh, I just saw yesterday that somebody was uh, indicted or charges were brought up. Yeah, I don't know what so, the fuck FTX is, my guy. I have no clue. But people have a lot of opinions. What the hell is yeah, going it's not, on? It's not really an opinion anymore. Um, so there's this individual named Sam Bank- Bankman-Fried um, who essentially ran a Ponzi scheme with cryptocurrency. Um, what? The, yeah, the intricacies are pretty simple. Um, he had a company named Alameda, which was originally, I think, pretty much his uh, investments that he leveraged uh, to grow into some amount of money. And then he would raise money like a hedge fund to uh, invest in additional crypto investments uh, and derivative investments as it were and eventually he figured out well it was it'd be really nice if i could you know have this hedge fund and buy stuff on my own exchange and he founded his own exchange like the nasdaq or the new york stock exchange for uh crypto and eventually, uh, you know, that grew to be something. And in, in crypto, you could just put money in the exchange. You didn't need a brokerage. Uh, the brokerage was the exchange, which I know sounds complex, but a little bit. it's essentially if, you know, where you put your money in the bank was also the way you bought securities, right? So it's like, the securities were held by the bank, not a third party that the bank just. So there's talk, no no interest to. in the bank actually holding security. Yeah, but it's also it's it's super complex because, um, in the in the way that we work today, if you went to uh, a Charles Schwab and you bought a security, it got registered with the third party that you know you knew you owned it. And you know the money went to the other party, and it was in this the the watchdog was not connected to the fucking prey or the the predator in this case. Correct, correct. And in this scenario, the predator um, said, "Oh yeah, I got you." Yeah. And what ended up happening is uh, essentially, you know, a, a Twitter. Not a Twitter, a, another uh, crypto CEO on Twitter ended up saying, Oh, yeah, you know, why don't you see if, you know, FTX has the funds to withdraw from your account? And he, I guess, maybe meant it as a joke. It's, it's unclear why he, this message was ever sent. Did he cause a run on? He, ca- he, he caused the run on the bank. And. <laughs> Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried uh, ended up blaming the entire 
collapse of his empire, which was $38 billion of wealth for him alone, um, on the fact that someone asked everybody to withdraw at the same time, which unfortunately, in the case of no insurance, no collateral, um, you know, uh, deposits, etc., would mean that it's a true run on the bank. And yes, you're running a Ponzi scheme. Um, if you have these types of insurances, you have, you know, delayed uh, returns to your investors, but you don't have complete non-performance, right. which is what he's dealing with. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll send you some videos, Brian. The dude pretends as though he is uh, non-complicit, as though he's, um, you know, incredibly sorry for what's gone on and you know just couldn't ever believe that this happened and whatever it's yeah it's it's actually kind of disgusting yeah i was gonna um, say just the headlines that i saw I was like well this guy sounds like a real piece of shit uh um, he's, been, he's been taking money from customers to repay um loans that his alameda uh hedge fund Mm-hmm. has taken on like there, there's complexity to it but the simplicity of it is people would deposit money their money would go to nefarious loan payments slash nefarious investments yeah and when they wanted to actually withdraw it the money wasn't there that's kind of the the, the principle yikes well i appreciate you explaining that now it makes way more sense as to why everybody hates this guy he sounds like a hateable person and kind of a piece of shit yeah he's super autistic too like uh, yeah it's unfortunate it's it's well yeah he's like uh, mark zuckerberg level. Oh, you know like just you're, you're dealing with an individual who clearly knows what's happening and then when the responsibility for the actions happen. It's like, Oh, but I didn't mean for that to be nefarious. It's like, yeah. well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if that's what you mean. It, but yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, um, do I feel bad for him? No. Do I feel bad for the actions? Yes. Should he have probably had better, advice better management around like what he set up was definitely revolutionary um but like so was the so was the hindenburg you know and exactly 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 like did it need more did it need need more oversight from like i don't know parental guidance yeah for sure yeah now what you're doing while it is cutting edge uh, it's also incredibly dangerous, and someone has to be held accountable when it bursts into flames in New Jersey. Yeah, and and, and you're not you're not the person that could do it. Yeah, no, I think, you, I think like that's that's the honest version of it. Is mm-hmm. like Zuckerberg is playing around with people information, and it's like okay, that can't really ever self destruct. You're dealing with like money. Yeah, right. And and while we all want to like funnily play around as though you know, Mark Zuckerberg having the amount of power or Elon Musk, even like both of them are on the spectrum, um, having the amount of like power that they have over society, the corporations that they own, et cetera, is responsible. It's not, 
Um, but more importantly, the damage they can cause, not nearly as big as someone like them having, you know, $40 billion worth of assets right. managed in real dollars, uh, like deposits under them. That's a very different kind of scenario. Like, Elon Musk can talk shit on Twitter and not lose users at the raise that SBF or Sam Bankman Freed lost money, right? Yeah. Like, it's not a one to one comparison. It's not. It's yeah. not. And and the evaluation really does have to start being to to like be taken into account because it's fucking ridiculous. Well, I know. Um... I mean, we've, we've taken some time off and I don't know if I've, I've, uh, I think I told you. So recently my, my wife was uh, laid off from her previous job and she has since started her new job. Um, really enjoying it. She's back, back in the classroom. Um, a couple changes from the last time she was in the classroom. Uh, I'm going to keep this vague, um, for teacher purposes, but it's, it was fucking hilarious. So, uh, she was grading papers today or something she didn't have to do in her previous role. Um, she's grading papers, and these are uh, elementary school essays, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, she just handed one to me. And this fucking essay had a table of contents, okay? All right? Table of contents, stapled. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, I'm flipping through. I'm like, oh, shit, we got five pages of content. As I'm reading it, one thing immediately came to mind. Because there was one page that, I think chapter three, had only two lines of text on it. I was half expecting it to say, this is page three, okay? Do you know what that's from, Frank? I would have done that. (laughs) I know you would have, but someone did it before us. And I know it because you showed it to me while we were in college. Oh, sure, 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 sure. It do you remember, do you remember the name of it? Yeah, yeah. I just sent you I the know. link. It's called Planes, Trains, and Plantains. Yeah, that's right. The story of Oedipus. Okay? The font <laughs> is smaller than the, <laughs> this small, font is smaller than the last. That is the fucking title, subtitle, and sub-subtitle of this page that is printed on eight and a half by 11 letter size paper, three hole punched on both sides of the paper. <laughs> okay. Wait, this kid submitted it. Yeah. Well, it, this is on Imgur, but remember you showed this to me in 2006. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, written in, in November 30th, 2004. So the greatest generation I'll say, um, it's, we, we, we had bullets in our backs is what happened. Here. Yeah. The, the the start of this fucking paper about Oedipus, the story of Oedipus, not Oedipus Rex, just simply Oedipus. This could be any of the Oedipi out there. Mm. And we'll just read the first paragraph. A man can only justify his actions if he regards his demeanor with deductive thinking. This man was not Oedipus, mainly because he was a fucking douchebag. One must know who Oedipus was to understand the period in which it was written. This is my thesis statement. The (laughs) Greeks contributed many things to our culture, such as olives, euros, Lenny Kravitz, anal sex, and Oedipus. Oedipus will be remembered, though, out time... Well... 
Yeah, no. Oedipus will be remembered though out time because he suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease and that's why he couldn't <laughs> play baseball in the first Olympic Games. He will always be remembered for his journeys and his love for the New York Yankees. And then inserted as a picture of Lou Gehrig smiling because he got daily rim jobs from the girls at scores. Uh, 1821 Associated Press. None of which is accurate. Uh, it, it just goes, it gets better from there. Uh, page two is printed on pink paper for no fucking reason. And the, the phrase under the category of DVDA versus 63. Okay. Now DVDA is double vaginal, double anal. Okay. That is a, that is a category of <laughs> pornography. The next sentence is the king and queen of Corinth couldn't have their own baby. The king had a bad case of limp dick, so they adopted the foundling. No one ever told little Oedipus that his mother was never pregnant. She aborted a kitten into a toilet in the back of a Denver Denny's one day. Page three simply says this is page three. All right. Page three. The teacher the teacher writes, where is the text? Minus 13 points. And then at the bottom, they note the page is too big. And if you look at the scan, the page is like an 11 by 17 or like legal size. It's legal size is what it is. Eight and a half by 14. Just a giant page three. Nothing written on it besides this is page three. Then the final, the piece de resistance, the final page. There's, there is in all caps the sentence, this is bullshit, don't believe it, or I will fucking kill you. And yes, this is a written threat. That's what Oedipus told his father. One should analyze, analyze, but with A-N-A-L in all caps. One should analyze the poetry on page 43 when Oedipus is rolling in his benzo and was set to bust a cap on some flagrants in the Undercity. And then he went on to quote a fucking Dr. Dre song. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking just wild uh the greeks invented anal lube this is my conclusion the end are the last three sentences <laughs> his work cited so page, his work cited page is on purple paper and it is simply www.yahoo.com google.com and tubgirl.com <laughs> <laughs> you got a D minus. You got a I fucking D. Like I'll take it. Like if I'm if I'm gonna pass the class, like worth it, worth my effort, and worth the internet fame. Uh, if please, all that to please say, please see me after class uh, to discuss your essay. So the the question here is though, he gave her a solid a five paper. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's kind of unfortunate that he got that level of wrath for it right he's just writing some bullshit and it was good bullshit i i mean good enough to where when i was reading some bullshit earlier today i was like wait a second this reminds me of something that happened 18 fucking years ago yeah, i'd give him a c i'd give him a c no doubt hey let him pass at least yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god shit all right Bree rye uh if if uh, all that to say if uh, Mrs. Bryan has something of that quality turned in, you better believe it's going to be read on this podcast. And that's and, a and, and it will guarantee. have a decent grade. It better. That's a that's a that's a nowhere left behind guarantee. It is. For sure. uh, and for that, we're going to play Wizard Dre on our way out tonight. That's right. Fuck yeah! All right, All right Brian, who, who you got Sunday? I told you, you got Argentina. I know, I know. Let's let's repeat it. 
It's 2-1, Argentina. Extra All time, right. but they're still going to pull it out. They're going to pull it out. It's going to be soft. It's going to be wet, and everybody's going to go home very happy and satisfied. Uh, thank you all for listening to No Beer Left Behind this week and every week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reach out to us over on our social media pages. Uh, we still exist over there, I promise you. Uh, for Brian sometimes. in North, <laughs> sometimes we do. For Brian in North Texas, until next time, I am out. Uh, AGT going on overtime, I guess extra time penalties. Take it home, Messi. I'm out.